You're about to listen to youth produce content from Listen Up Youth Radio. Listen Up is a Twin City social enterprise working at the intersection of youth employment, leadership, and media production. You're listening to Youth Soup, the podcast that adds some youth to your soup. That was so good. Yay. Are we done? Um, hi, welcome everyone to a uh, Listen Up Youth Radio um, podcast episode. <laughs> but it's not a podcast episode. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> discussion with uh, um, these people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wanna, we should go around and introduce ourselves. I can start. Um, um, I'm Rena. I use he, they pronouns, and I am a Listen Up youth producer um, and one of the facilitators of this conversation. I'll go this way. Hi, my name is Gloria. I am. I use she, her pronouns. I am also a youth leader. I'm also a facilitator as well, and I also will be facilitating this conversation. Um, I'm Anna, I use she, her pronouns, and I'm part of the youth that's helping to organize the convergence. Mm, my name is Toby, uh, I go by he and pronouns, and I'm also one of the youth organizing the convergence event, but I'm also part of, uh, yeah, youth environmental activists. <laughs> love that. Um, and my name is Daniela. I use she, her pronouns, and I work at Climate Generation, and I am a youth coordinator for the Youth Environmental Activist Program, and I've been able to work with Anna and Toby and some other students this summer to organize the Convergence. Can you tell us a little bit about the Convergence, like when it is, where it is, yeah. and any details, and what's it about? This is the first time I remember a date for anything, <laughs> but it is August 16th. Um, at the Minnesota Valley Wildlife Refuge. Um, I don't remember when. It's from 10 to 4. Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, there's going to be food. It's free. There's other things, too. Free food. I, come on. There's, like, workshops and a lot of different, like, things to mm. get involved just with climate justice. And then is YAH organizing it? Yes. Yeah, so we have students from YAH, so the Youth Environmental Activists, which is mostly in the southern suburbs in South Minneapolis. And then we also have students from Youth in Power, which um, is, serves students in North Minneapolis. And then we also have students from the Kitty Anderson Youth Science Center at the Science Museum, which is mostly St. Paul students. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a smorgasbord of students planning this together. Yeah. So, um, just like related to the convergence, um, like how has the process of organizing like a large scale event like this been? Like, what's it's it's a lot of work. It's yeah. How's it been for you guys? Um, it's been good. Yeah, it's kind of fun to like figure out like the food and like yeah. what to do for workshops and like figuring out who to reach out to. It's kind of a cool process. It's it's pretty great because you, you just like bounce off a bunch of different people, which is what I'm, what I'm good at. It's like thinking of, of things alone is pretty hard for me, but then when I have like someone else and there's a bunch of different people, I'm just saying things and they're like, yeah, this, and then I, I'm getting all these responses. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting because, I mean, sometimes we have like really effective meetings where we get like a bunch of stuff done. And those are like, I don't know, they're, it's just really interesting to, to see that, especially since it's my first time planning something this big. Yeah. I'm curious what you guys think has been the hardest part. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's my next yeah. question, yeah. I think just trying to figure out like who to do for workshops, because we've had a lot of people not respond and figuring mm. out like mm -hmm. eventually like how long can we wait for this person to respond before we just have to go to somebody else. For me personally, the hardest part, but like the most fun part is like, I've been taking on some tasks with like designing stuff and like, I have to like give myself a deadline and be like, I need to get this done. And I just, you know, I get designs made for the thing and it's like, this is difficult, but I, I love it. I love doing it. 
but I'm really bad with actually giving myself a deadline when I'm not immediately given one. Yeah. What do you think has What do you think has been the hardest part? Ooh, ordering food for the meetings. <laughs> People are picky. Um, no, I think the hardest part has been the workshops. It's hard to get people to commit um, to something like so far in advance. And then it's like, oh, we kind of like want to know who we can get. Um, but I think that the students working on this have been super creative and like really like broad in their scope of what climate justice like workshops look like. And it's not just people who are like necessarily talking. I don't know if we actually have anyone talking about like super sciencey like what is the climate crisis but more so like what does it look like to be involved in like a policy side what does it look like to be involved in like art and movements and what does like um i like political education in that like with like the little earth documentary and the line three documentary that we're going to mm -hmm. show like what are the different facets of justice issues that are being being affected by the climate um that we are interested in thinking about so i think i've been like while it's been hard to get people to like, I think it's made us more creative in like, what does climate justice like really mean and who does that include and what topics does that include? Awesome. Yeah. I would also, like when we were talking, like a question that just like kept popping my mind is like, what's like a goal or like a mission you guys, you guys are like trying to like strive for? Like what do you guys want people to like take away? From the convergence or from the? Oh, the conversion, sorry. Clarification. Yeah. It's a loaded question. It's <laughs> yeah. a lot here to think about. I definitely, like, I would really like people to know how they can get engaged in their own communities. Because it's like, for me, I, for a long time, was struggling with, like, figuring that out. I was like, mm -hmm. how do I even get into this in the first place? So, like, the way I found the program, it was like, it was like I'm out of thin air, a miracle. I was like, whoa, I, I can, I can do this. It's just stepped right in front of me. Here it is. Um, so I just hope that other people are able to find that for themselves too, where they can find places they can go to work with their own communities and, you know, start doing this for themselves as well. Yeah, that was kind of what I was thinking too, just like how you can make a difference and an impact, even mm -hmm. if you're young or like what, no matter your age, just being able to. Yeah, I think that's like what I've heard the most is just like, this is not the end or the only time like that they're hoping students connect with like climate justice issues, but that this is like the beginning or just like a continuation of a journey of like figuring out um, how to be involved. Um, like they were planning on having like an opportunity fair for like different organizations to come through and just like share the work that they're doing and like engage students in it. I think it's also just like, I think it's gonna be a cool place for like students to connect with each other and just like, just like seeing other people that are your age, like also interested in climate justice and like um, what that means I think is gonna be a really cool thing and I think that's like the most exciting part for me yeah um so it sounds like a lot of your workshops are I mean about like our focus on climate justice education right like anything in that under the facet of like climate justice right what would you so like what would you say is so I guess Im important um about having climate justice education like be accessible because I know that's one of the things that like isn't even though it affects all of us it's not always accessible to all of us to know um to know about and to have like open and accessible information so why um why is why is this something that you like think is so is so important to have like a convergence of it well for me personally, I like, the only reason I'm, I'm doing this in the first place is that like I was already introduced to like the ideas um, of like climate justice, mostly through like social media, a lot of that was. And it's like, that's a super accessible resource. But a lot of people don't see the same things that I saw. Mm -hmm. It's like, 
that is what eventually led me to be looking for something like this. And so I think that's really, like, if I hadn't seen that, then I probably wouldn't have given a second thought when I, like, saw, uh, yeah, at the job fair at my school or anything. I feel like just making sure everybody has the education because like I had a similar experience to you just like through social media and like who I followed but not a lot of people follow like the same people so it's just making sure everybody is aware of like what's going on and mm. how to make a difference yeah yeah social media is really good at like creating like an echo chamber so like the only thing that we see like one of the only things that we see is like I don't know it matches what we want to see um, so, yeah. Yeah. And I also feel like a lot of people get their, um, like, events or, like, things that they're passionate about through social media um, or, like, other programs because, like, not a lot of people are, like, you know, that um, attentive to some of the things that we are attentive to. And so, like, when youth, like, I feel like they branch out more to, like, social media or like they reach out to other programs that um, share similar um, passionate things that you know they want to do, and so yeah, that's a really creative way. Yeah, I do think also like just like reading things on your own through social media can be like so isolating. You're like, oh my god, am I the only one reading about all these terrible things that are happening? Yeah, um, and so like point of connection of like oh you heard about these things and I heard about th these things and we just like are going to sit with them together or think about them together or learn more about them together I think is like really powerful in like our real like need for like human connection and not feeling isolated with all the things that are going on um I think that's something that I really enjoyed watching happen and yeah that like I don't think that I got as a high schooler or like was able to like seek out mm -hmm. um yeah yeah there's so much like grief that comes with climate change. Um, as I was at a like weekend long convergence of sorts about climate grief, like we we're talking, it wasn't just about climate grief, but we spent a lot of time talking about climate grief and talking about how, um, how much it affects our like lives and our capacity to like function as people. Um, so I've just been thinking about climate grief a lot mm. recently, like a lot. Um, it's it's big. Um, yeah, when you were at the studio that one time, we were making the like the mobiles. Yeah, that was for that big project. We oh had. right. Yeah. I'm wondering if you'd share a little bit more about what you're thinking about climate grief. Yeah. Um, so there's we made this giant mobile sort of thing um, on a tripod. So if you've seen any uh, like pictures or like in person of um, tripods set up at Line 3 protests or Dapple or any other pipeline, the like they're like huge wooden tripods with like three poles. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Do you guys know? Like think of like a tri like a camera tripod, but like yeah. it's wood and bigger. There's someone in it. Okay. And there's someone there's, in it. Yeah, there's someone in it. Um, and it's. Um, so we, we didn't put someone in this tripod. We hung a bunch of like strings and sticks and people, uh, responded. We, we, we hung some like prompts, um, and like about, um, things to reflect on regarding like climate grief. And one of the questions was, um, I'm going to forget the exact wording of the question, but it was as, um, as like physical, places that we hold a lot of memories with like are um like fading away and are being um like uh it's making me sad <laughs> um but like as these special places to us are kind of fading away how do we keep them um how do we make sure that their memory is like um kept and um so some people were like writing about um, like their favorite places that they went when they were younger and um, like rivers and I wrote something about Lake Superior because um, there's some like there's a lot of 
uh, potential threats to Lake Superior um, and all of our water. Um, and someone made a mobile about like all the things that we're like that we have to kind of move on from mm -hmm. if we're going to um, really uh, like in in a world with um, like in, in the world we envision um, with uh, like I don't know with climate justice. Um, like cars will look different, like gas, all of these, like all of these things that we kind of have been, become accustomed to um, are just gonna look different. Like someone hung like a plastic water bottle, like like a, um, a car bumper mm -hmm. <laughs> and like a bottle of oil and like uh, car, I don't know something some oil and like a pack of cigarettes like an empty pack of cigarettes and just all these things that are um, like that we associate with like things that like affect the climate um, so there's a lot to that I can show you pictures later yeah. um, it was huge um, but yeah so that's just what I've been talking about a lot mm -hmm. um, so Another question that I would like to ask is, like, what role does climate change um, play in the mobilizing and organizing of youth and communities? I do want to look at the question, too. Um, yeah. That's such a good question. <laughs> as soon as someone asks me a question, I forget it immediately. That's why I have it. <laughs> That's why we have it like printed out. Um, it's the second, second one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, I should have started off with like a <laughs> like a smaller one, but yeah. I think I have an answer. So like, why is getting youth engaged in climate justice actually important? It's like, for me, I was like desperately looking to participate in like that sort of like activist stuff when I was even like a little bit younger. So I feel like it is like, it's a time where it's really important like get people into that stuff and I already I already wanted to be it's like otherwise I would have been like left out of these circles right it's like I want to be included so <laughs> I think it is like really important it's it's a really hard question though yeah. there's no, a lot I of different facets yeah. to it can I re maybe try and rephrase it and I don't know yeah. if that's the question that you're asking but like Maybe what this question brought up for me is like, what is it about climate change mm -hmm. that is like engaging so many young people? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it feels so urgent. I mean, it is. Mm -hmm. It's like a really urgent thing. And I think there is definitely like the biggest reason why it's so important to get youth involved in in that is because it's like it affects us more than anyone else it's like this is our future on the line so it's like this there's like the impending disaster and it's like obviously like really important for the people most affected to go after that and like get educated and get involved in trying to stop impending disaster mm. it's it's really. It's pretty pervasive. It's like in your face. Yeah. Yeah. Anna, what do you think? Um, well, I think just like the education part of it is like, how are you supposed to know that's happening if like you're mm -hmm. not educated on it? And like, I feel like if everybody gets the right education, 
they're going to want to make a difference because mm-hmm. like it affects us the most because we're going to be the ones living on this planet and i feel like it's just the way young people learn about it is very important to like how they want to make a difference and how they can impact yeah i feel like that is what's the word i'm looking for Reminding me, like, the importance of, like, why we're thinking about it in, a, in a justice framework because, like, I feel like for a while it's been, like, climate change, climate change, climate change. It's like, okay, but who is climate change affecting? Mm-hmm. and How is it affecting who? And just, like, really considering, like, the racial and economic justice, like, facets of addressing the climate crisis that, like, it will continue to happen if we're not thinking about it in a really holistic way. Um, and like you said, I think if if you learning about things in the right way you're gonna care and you're gonna be really interested in like oh we got to do something about this yeah yeah does that answer the question you were asking yeah yeah i think just like how i don't know intertwined so many movements are is like i feel like so many different movements kind of converge into uh the climate justice movement um and in in a unique way that doesn't I think it's very specific to um, this current like climate movement. Um, like it, it involves so much like economic. It involves economic justice, racial justice. It involves um, so much indigenous sovereignty struggles. It involves um, like if you think of a topic, I guarantee you can trace it. You can make some connection to climate because this is literally this is where we live. Um, so yeah, I think it's just a unique way that um, this struggle affects so many people. Um, and if you are given the facts and if you're given the the information, it's really, really hard to be like, you know what? I'm gonna separate myself from this because it's not gonna affect me. like if if you're given the the full, I don't know, the full facts by, someone who doesn't only have the interest of capitalism in mind, <laughs> then it's going to be really, really, really difficult for me to be like, actually, I don't care about this and I don't want to care about this. So I'm mm-hmm. going to like, like, that's really difficult to do if you're, mm-hmm. um, if you're given the information. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, and going back on what you guys were saying, I mean, I agree. Um, I feel like it does affect youth and youth should be involved in the climate change because it's like, since we're going to be on this earth, like, longer than, like, most of, like, our parents, grandparents, like, elder elderly people, I mean, like, it's important that, like, you know, more youth, they're, like, attracted, and, like, they, you know, join the movement so, like, we can, like, you know, make a better, like, living, you know, for our ecosystems and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and so, yeah, I think it's, like, it's really important for education not only to be, like, taught more so that people can like be more involved but like people need to like learn like w- like who's affecting like like who climate change is affecting and like why it needs to like be more like taught and like educated more so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and I would also add to the the like saying um that youth are gonna be like we are the ones inheriting the planet, right? We yeah. Um, but I would also something I've been also some, another thing I've been thinking about is just how how um, how we can form relationships with our elders and mm. work because I've like for a long time I was just like like I don't know I was very I feel like I kept forgetting how much work our elders have done mm-hmm. and. Um, then I had this moment, like, at a event, um, at an action, and I was like, oh, and I kind of remembered, okay, so this is not just about us, this is not just about young people, this is, like, we have to find ways to, um, continue to develop relationships with, um, our elders and learn from them and also... I was thinking about how we can find ways to work with our elders and like have these relationships in ways that like don't 
like we don't get butt hurt <laughs> because I'm, in, I'm just like because yeah like it does kind of sometimes I'm like I don't like when someone is like oh it's not that big of a deal it's gonna mm. be you'll you'll you have time because yeah. that bothers me right and uh and I and I assume that if I said like y'all didn't do anything like y'all mm. like, and and see that's that's a very broad thing to say because people who weren't doing anything are people who are benefiting from the climate crisis right like yeah. this is a very small percentage of people who millionaires right who are benefiting from people not knowing mm -hmm. and not knowing the gravity of the situation and so i've just been thinking more about how like okay some of the people who are going to be affected the most um drastically are um, specifically indigenous elders those who have uh like physical disabilities and who aren't able like who aren't getting the care that they need mm -hmm. um and uh and also who are um, especially with language barriers, right? Yeah. Um, who are not getting the the correct or like the whole story um, given to them in a way that's accessible. Um, so that's just something I've been thinking about, and I would Ooh. I don't know. I've been thinking about how to not be like, oh, it's just about young people. I think uh, I was literally like after so. Every Thursday, I have meeting with students for like four hours, and then I go and hang out with my 82-year-old neighbor, and oh. it's like the best thing in the world to like have connection with like young people and with an elder, and we were having such a good conversation about like, it is actually a function of white supremacy and capitalism to separate young people from old people because mm -hmm. it is like, we don't get to hear their stories of their experiences and movements or just like resistance. And that is very intentional in keeping us from, like, being able to, like, learn from the lessons that they experienced while in movements. Um, and it's it's really intentional that we're separated. So, it's so intentional. It's so intentional. Because the more that, like, we're separated, the less that we can mobilize and learn mm -hmm. from each other. Like, it is, it is literally worked in... Yeah. This is a whole other conversation. Mm -hmm. But, like, <laughs> it is so on purpose yeah there's no doubt in my mind that like because there's so so much of our like our, our parents our grandparents our great-grandparents were living in like during like the eco crisis mm -hmm. and like eco-terrorism boom yeah. and like they know stuff they know things and the, and the people with the money don't want us to know those things they don't want that knowledge to be passed down and they especially don't want like indigenous ways of life and that knowledge to be passed mm -hmm. down because that goes against their little plan yeah very li very large plan um to like continue colonialism and it's it's so, it's everything's on purpose guys <laughs> it's on purpose um yeah sorry i was just gonna i just want to add that i was aurora levins morales in medicine stories talks about you know yeah i know and, uh, she writes about the there's like a law up until like i think the 80s or 90s that legally separated like you were not, if you were indigenous, you were not able to join um, jingle dancing until you were over the age of 30, oh which no. is like an in very intentional separation of young people from their elders. And like that is the place where like story, like storytelling getting passed down and connection to culture and language, like getting passed down that like, that is genocide. Was that, was that um, a law? put into place by like specific tribes or was that like the u.s government no that was the u.s government as far as i can remember yeah of course it was yeah of i didn't know about that specific law but um that's yeah oh my gosh that's very would. terrible mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah i feel like you know you know like i didn't know about that law until like just now when you guys are talking about it but um when, guess when like the conversation about like you know the youth and elders you know being connected and telling stories and stuff um it just really got me thinking that I mean like I agree with that because it's like we can learn so many things from each other you know especially in like a new era when um climate change is getting worse so yeah I agree with that um, just going off of what we were talking about with, like, elders and our history, um, 
and I saw in the email that you guys were thinking you, you were learning about the Baldies and the co-op wars. And so my question kind of stemmed from that is how can knowing about the history of environmental activism, like especially locally, um, inspire and inform current movements? Um, yeah. The Baldies are <laughs> one of my um, favorite things to talk about for a long, long, long time. Mm. Were you there when we learned about the Baldies and the Co-op Wars? I wasn't. I think oh, I don't remember where I was that day. There was okay. there was something that I had to do that I couldn't be there. But you're at the Co-op Wars, right? I was at the Co-op Wars. Yeah. What did you? What do you think? Because I know you weren't there. Yeah, I wasn't. Well, I think. Well, it doesn't just have to be about the Baldies and the Co-op Wars. It's just I like know. how can knowing about like the broad history of environmental action yeah. influence? how we move forward with current actions. I think that the past is really important for like working towards anything. Because like, I feel like for any of this to work, you have to like look back at like past movements and how they've been successful mm -hmm. and how they failed. Yeah. Because yes. like, like learning, like watching that co-op wars documentary, you can see where they started to fail, and it's like really interesting to learn how like they fell face first, and it's like wow. Yeah. It's it's like I think that is one of the most important st steps to like that education aspect is learning about all these different past events because I mean that's what history is, but it's yeah. like we we're gonna repeat that mm. if we don't like understand at least like a basic amount of like the failures and the successes of major even like small scale movements. Yeah, absolutely. I could not have worded that better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean I think there's like a thing with like that how you talk about like not learning from the past, like denying what happened is just gonna make mm -hmm. it repeat. Yeah. You've seen that. Yeah. I think it's also just like an act of resistance in itself to learn the real histories of like the places that you live and the people that you like live in community with because there's no way Minneapolis Public Schools is teaching anyone about the Baldies or the co-op wars, you know? And that is like also intentional so that we don't know the histories of like movements and where they had failures and where they had like huge successes. We have such a like intense co-op like experience here in Minneapolis because of the work that they did in the 80s and 70s and so I think it's just like also just like learning your history and learning your true history and like digging deeper is also an act of resistance that is really important yeah, yeah. I agree um this is a qu question specifically because um of you being at the art studio that one time mm -hmm. how does art play a role in movements that's <laughs> yeah oh in everything, it's like, I feel like every major movement had like a art movement that went alongside of it. Mm. Just, you know, I have a bunch of pens in my pocket. At all times? At all times. Yeah. <laughs> Especially right now, I was like, I wonder if I might need these. I just stuffed a bunch of pens in my pocket. I love art. And I think art history, a lot of it is like, in a way, a lot of it's like, like rebellion and revolution and these art movements that coincide with like how actual things were going on at the time. It's, I think that oh, it's just uh, it's yeah it's too is, much to it's a yeah. lot. Yeah, no, I I totally like agree with what you were just saying because like we see a lot of art not just in like you know climate change movements but like in many other movements in history like a lot of like artists and painters and stuff they use that to kind of like as like you said like a form of like rebellion mm. and like to demonstrate um, a lot of the issues that is like transpiring and so yeah art is like very important in conveying like what you want in terms of like social justice mm. yeah i agree yeah transpiring is a good word i forgot about that word yeah <laughs> i feel like it's also like such a place of like reflection and care and like obviously when you make art like 
I don't know, just like it's a, it's an act of care, I think, also um, in a way that it's like pretty. I don't know, it's a little anti-capitalist if you ask <laughs> me um, to just be like, I'm gonna make something really emotive or beautiful or whatever it is. Or super, super ugly. Yeah, just for the sake of doing it. Exactly. I yeah. Like making ugly art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Heavy on the reflection. Mm -hmm. yeah, it reflects <laughs> social change of stuff. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Um, one final-ish question. And we don't have to, like... Let me check this. Okay. Um, so, I we don't have to be super quick about this, but this is going to be kind of the wrap-up question. Is, what are your hopes for the future of youth climate movements? Again, Ooh. it's a very big question. Um, so I think we could try to like say like five words. It can they can be individual words or it can be like, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm gonna challenge this to. I can hear Jordan. Okay. Um, five five words five things. Hmm. Give people a minute to think because I I was not thinking about this. Mm -hmm. I don't know my answer to this question. <laughs> I have to stop answering, like asking questions that I don't know the answer to. I think that's actually I think that's kind how of you should be asking questions. Yeah. But like in an interview. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it makes it a little hard. Yeah. You said five words? Five words, five things. You could be like, I am really, really hungry or something. <laughs> or you could be like, individual words. I guess it doesn't have to be five. I don't know. I picked that number randomly five minutes ago. Your hopes for okay. Well, I mean, I kind of feel like you guys kind of like answered it like earlier or like throughout this yeah. like conversation about like just hoping like youth be more like educated to get like the like the education that they need to like learn more about you know climate education and like just being connected to like elders and like to learn more from them and looking back in history and seeing what have been done in the past what went wrong um the successes and whatnot so um you guys can add more but I feel like you guys already like explained that like I feel like I can take away so much from that yeah I think my I've been thinking about I think my words would be um, intergenerational uh, water <laughs> um, decolonial or anti-colonial one of the two global and care I feel like those are the five that are coming to my head right now just um, and obviously there's so many more, but those are just like the five that are coming to my head right now after this conversation. Mm -hmm. um, and, okay, there's another six, but accessible in terms of like accessible education, accessible healthcare, like everything accessible. Um, so I guess that's six, but <laughs> um, those are just like the things that have come to my mind over this conversation. I think, hmm. so hard to think about there's like so many things i i want to see like i want to see accessibility and from and information and also i want to see like i, I want to see less like disinformation mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. i think that's a huge struggle that like never was this big of a struggle in the past. It's yeah. Like, this is our first time struggling against this as a species, like a huge amount of disinformation from ev everywhere. Like in the past, like there was a lot from like the government and like propaganda, that stuff like that. But now we're facing it. Social media. Social media yeah. from just like individual actors, like random people yeah. who just decide to misinform. Yeah. Um, and I really feel like if there was less disinformation, there would be a lot more people, like, trying 
to like work with this, right? And I also just like to see, I guess, more like interconnectivity between all these different little movements. Because yeah. like, I, words. I think that sometimes I like like how Twitter has like a word limit. Sometimes I reach my word limit for the day, and I'm like, I just shut off. Mm. <laughs> um, do you have thoughts right now, Anna? Or do you want me to? Go um, ahead? I have like a couple words that yeah. I feel like. Yeah. So I guess science was one that I thought of. Just mm. like what you talked about with like disinformation and stuff. Um, education, learning, like learning from the past, connection. Mm. I think connection is a, re is a really, really big one. Yeah. yeah, I think for me, like, connection is, like, massive, like, to ourselves, to each other, to young people, old people, to the earth. Um, I really, really hope that it is, like, full of rest. Like, young people, I'm so tired, and I know that everyone else is really tired, and it's, like, yeah. rest is really, really important, and, like, connecting to, like, the sacredness and divinity of ourselves, I think, is something that I really also hope for the future of the climate movement. Like, we have to like recognize in ourselves that we we are sacred beings, and like the earth is a sacred being, and everything that we interact with is sacred, and we need to move in that way. Um, and I hope it's full of art and joy, um, and like a real practice of hope, and a real practice of moving through grief. Yeah. Um, that was a lot more than five words, but that was, that was perfect. perfect. I think is another one I yeah. that could be my fifth word. Mm. Yeah. Love. 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 <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys so much for. Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> I have like one quick question. I mean, like, um, I just want to like know, like, do we see climate change like affecting like animals and their habitats? Because a lot of a lot of like species, you know, especially in like rainforests and stuff like that, like they are like going through like a lot of like mutations. Mm -hmm. Like we see like birds, like they migrate early because of like climate change and whatnot. So like, I want to know like, what you guys like, what you guys think about that? Like, what are your thoughts? Socks. <laughs> like, like is it? It's a whole topic. Oh, yeah. Socks. Yeah, it sucks. Oh, I thought you said socks. Yeah, I thought oh. you said socks. Like, no. I was like, what are you? It oh, sucks. No. It sucks. Yeah, yeah. it does it suck. Yeah. Major. Yeah. I said socks. It did yeah. kind of sound like it was like, I knew it was sucks, but like it kind of sounded like, like it's that socks. Was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Majorly sucks. It's, <laughs> it's like a, it's a whole topic to think about. I think yeah. It's, yeah. it's like there is so much there as well, because I don't know. I I feel like I hear about something that's on the brink of extinction. Mm -hmm. That's like new. Like oh wow, that too. Yeah. Like, yeah. like weekly, it's it's mm -hmm. like really yeah. sad. It's awful. That's true. It's one of those things where it's like this is part of that impending disaster I was mm -hmm. talking about earlier, where it's like, this is not making me feel good about the future, is all this stuff that's happening right now. That's like, it's so much to think about. Yeah. One of the things you said about like interconnected, like wanting more interconnectedness, I, I'm, I think that also would, it would involve um, the, the, the well-being of like animals and like non-human relatives and um, and I think that is a, so I think that's a part of interconnectedness too. Yeah, I think that the like all the different preservation efforts definitely need a lot of that because it's like there really needs to be one huge preservation mm -hmm. effort across the world yeah. on every single environment, every front because there's like there's a lot that is not great because of us yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and i think that's something to, that also like contributes to climate grief is that like mm -hmm. we're we're like reckoning with the fact that like 
so much of the harm that has been done is because of humans, mm. right? And like, it's just like it's a it's a hard thing to sit with, especially when you don't want that to be the case, mm. right? Like, it's easier to be like, it's easier not to be sad about it when you have all the money in the world and when you're a millionaire, millionaire, and you just like could not care less. So I think that 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 is another thing that I've been thinking about a lot with in climate grief. So mm. yeah, yeah, I think also that like. There's also this, like, level of grief of, like, the earth will rid itself of us and it will survive, like, it will survive us. And, like, this is this is an ecological relationship that we're in with the earth that is not, like, the environment as our backdrop. And um, there's a certain level of grief that comes with that of, like, oh, we're going to be done here if we don't do something. You're on the verge of, like, a mass extinction event for, like, a lot of people and also all sorts of species mm -hmm. across the world it's like <sighs> so yeah it's a lot it's, it's a lot yeah 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 what you were saying like really got me thinking like yeah um the earth is really gonna get rid of us <laughs> if we don't do something because like a lot of the problems that um are happening in climate change is man-made mm -hmm. so yeah. yeah. Um, okay. I kind of want to end us off on like a slightly heavier note. <laughs> we just go around quick and say a plant that we really like. Oh, a plant. And that you have, or that you have like a connection with or a memory with. And, mm. and then that'll be our last question. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I didn't either. I just came <laughs> up with this. Um, it was a question that uh, one of our other interviewees asked us. And I was mm. like, mm. I'm going to steal this. Um, I can start. I would say I am really a uh, big connection with eucalyptus and all of the ways that it's taken care of me when I, when, um, even like when I was younger and also like now, literally, um, eucalyptus is a big, big thing for me and garlic. Mm. I just braided my garlic and I'm just, it makes me really happy. Awesome. Um. Well, I have two plants, but one is aloe vera. I don't mm. know if that's a plant. I mean, yeah, like, <laughs> okay, yep. <laughs> um, yeah, my family, like, we use it a lot um, for, like, healing purposes and stuff. Um, I really like it. I grew up with it. Um, my grandma actually plants them, so we actually grow them organically. So just want to flex that a little <laughs> bit. And also, like, <laughs> and also um, uh, palm leaves. Mm. Um, it also kind of dates back to, like, religious beliefs, you know? So, yeah. Um, I'm not a huge plant person, but I guess my mom has, like, a lot of plants. So I guess maybe just succulents, because... Mm. I don't personally know about a lot of plants, but I mean, I like coffee. Coffee's beautiful and it smells nice. I love the smell of coffee. I want to switch mine actually to coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so. coffee so the thing is, I don't even, I don't like the taste of coffee. I don't like drinking it. I love the process of making it and I love how it smells. Mm. I don't drink it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't um. succumbed to capitalism. <laughs> Um, mine are rhubarb. Oh, rhubarb is so, it's just, what a plant. What a, yeah. plant. Yeah. a plant. Literally what a plant. Um, I have memories of, like, yanking it out at my grandpa's house when I was, like, three and just, like, knocking myself out because it was so, so hard strong. To it's such a strong plant. And then also munya, which is, like, a mint-esque relative in Peru, where my family's from, um, that has just been super healing and it tastes yummy. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I was going to talk about, I made rhubarb pies a few months ago. I love rhubarb pies. Oh my gosh. My grandma would always make strawberry rhubarb pie. And I always used to think that she would put strawberries and rhubarb. But, and I learned literally like last month that my entire life, I've been thinking I've been eating strawberries and rhubarbs or <laughs> strawberry and rhubarb together in a pie or like a crisp or whatever. It's a plant called strawberry rhubarb. What? Oh, no. I literally, my world was what? shook. 
Oh my like, god. It's literally a plant called strawberry rhubarb. There's no strawberries in my grandma's like strawberry rhubarb pie. I've seen like stuff that's like strawberry yeah, rhubarb, rhubarb, like recipes. Right? But it's I realized it wasn't strawberry mm. and rhubarb. And like I guess probably some of some recipes do put strawberries and rhubarb. Yeah. But like it's my mind was um, this is like earth shattering. I know. This is tough to swallow. <laughs> I have been thinking about this for a month. So I just wanted to leave you guys on that earth shattering note that yeah. strawberry <laughs> rhubarb is a species of rhubarb. <sighs> I think rhubarb were the first barbs. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> I do. It tastes like strawberry though. Um. Well, it maybe it was like placebo because I thought I was eating strawberries. Yeah. yeah. But they're not like they don't taste that different. Or like they do. Like in a pie when everything's sugary and like yeah yummy and warm. I don't. You can't tell the difference. But also I thought I was eating strawberries. Okay. So. So. Strawberry rhubarb. It's so good. That's where it gets like the. I, I'm sure that it gets the strawberry part from like how red it is at the oh, bottom that so makes sense it's like literally earth shattering <laughs> you so. ask questions of people that's <laughs> no i literally interrogated my grandma and i was like so you've been lying to me <laughs> um so to end on that earth shattering note i just want to say something very quick <laughs> oh wow um if there was like a first like barb anything it was me <laughs> you were the first barb yeah <laughs> Just wanted to like add. Drama. Just wanted to let everyone know. Like that rhubarb can't have the credit. It was me. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Gloria. Thank you all for um, having this conversation with us. Um, thank you for having us. Yeah. I hope thank the convergence you. is amazing and wonderful. You guys should come. Yeah, I really. Oh, that's um, the plan. Yeah. Maybe you'll win something off of our awesome giveaway. Ooh. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for your time. We appreciate this. Learn more about Listen Up Youth Radio, including our peer-to-peer educational workshops in media production and social media marketing services at www.listenupyouth.org. Check out past broadcasts of YouthSoup on a live podcast app now available on iOS and coming soon to Android. This activity was made possible by the voters of Minnesota through a grant from the Metropolitan Regional Arts Council. Thanks to a legislative appropriation from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.